Blog Talk Radio. Hey, hey, what's happening, everybody? Welcome to the Zodiac Lovers, episode 11, man. I'm your host, Ampool, also known as the Urban Guru, riding with my partner and co-host, Mickey Builder, who do the most. What's happening? <laughs> Peace, family. Um, happy Friday to everybody, and uh, today we'll be discussing Aquarius, um, and we got the ambassador of the Aquarian age on the line with us today. So, oh, absolutely. Um, y'all know it's going to be a good show, but before we jump into that, let us please get some announcements from our sponsor, the Inner Peace Lighthouse Radio Station. Man, for sure, man. Good news, man. Good news. Like, you know, of course, the Toel Love Fund is first. Uh, MyAstrologyCoach.com, go to the membership tab, scroll down, you're going to see the Toel Love Fund, $13 a month. We all pitch in, end of the month, we just divide the pot by four members, and then the next four is in line, then the next four, then the next four, and just keep it moving. Real phenomenal thing to be a part of, so definitely join that like ASAP, man. Also, go to TheImaginationGuru.com, Minister Jews, flagship site and baby. Um, he's brought back the Positron Pass experience that's going to kick off on April the 30th all the way to May 21st, so you must enroll no later than April the 30th when class starts, all right? And if you don't know nothing about it, man, just go to the imaginationguru.com, click on um, events, and you're going to see it under, I think this one is under webinars. Yeah, it's under webinars and whatnot. So the whole goal is to show you how to rewire um, negative hang-ups, man, memories um, that keep replaying um, that's really stopping you at the core of, you know, you trying to get what you want to get called happiness, called success in any desire area of your life. And you got this traumatic experience that you reflect on. It's kind of zapping out your energy. And it's, it's a program that's, you know, it ain't really running in the background per se because if you could think about it and you know what it is, then you, you know what it is. It ain't really so much of a background type of thing. But for lack of a better word, it's in the background because in your conscious day-to-day activity, if you're not in a chronic state of stress or depression about the issue and, you you you, you know, you appear as normal in a sense, um, then it's running in the background as something that's unresolved. And you want to deal with this, man. You really want to deal with it. The first run of it was phenomenal. This is actually a technique that we give to quantum imaging members on their 90th day if I'm not mistaken, it's on their 30s, so yeah, on their 90th day, um, they get this particular technique. So get into this, man, because it's, 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 it's phenomenal, not just in, you know, understanding the philosophy of it, but one thing i got to give um, Juke credit for is he's a, uh, a nut for satisfying the left brain, the logic brain. So he wants to exhaust the brain with data, hardcore facts, because your analytical ego mind wants that. It needs that. What are you talking about? The past already happened. Mm-hmm. I can't change the past. Are you bugging? That, that's too lofty of a right brain idea. We can actually show you through science, um, hardcore facts that, you know, this is very true. Even if you just understand that the brain is what they call is very plastic, it's plasticity, simply meaning that it grows. It's a muscle. You can exercise it, and you, when you become more smarter and, and sharp and whatnot, you develop more capacity. So it's real simple. So the brain is constantly changing from when you was just a little tadpole of a sperm all the way up to who you are right now. You know what I mean? And so your brain is constantly changing. It grows. It expands, and you can rearrange some things. So check this 
Quantum Challenge out, 21 Days of Restoration. You want to go to theimaginationguru.com, hit events, and go over to webinars, and bam, it's right there. Um, drop your email off if we don't have it. If you knew and you're not getting these mass communications because I send them out on Thursday, sometimes Fridays, um, if you got a Gmail, definitely check your promotion box and whatnot. But um, drop your email off on theimaginationguru.com right there um, on the main page. And um, take this one down because it's going to be um, some, you know, we're about to get into a whole other realm of science. Um, and it ain't even really science. It's, it's practical stuff. Um, but you want to write down theprosperityinvestmentgroup.com and drop your email off. But do me one more favor. After you drop your email off on both sites, please go to your email address. You may have to go to your spam and confirm your subscription to these mailing lists. That way you can get direct access to the stuff that we're talking about. All right? Um, in fact, if you're not a member of the Quantum Imaging membership on the imaginationguru.com, definitely drop your email off over there because I'm going to give you guys a free presentation next week about this upcoming Positron Pass that's going to be supported with, I mean, phenomenal information inside of this presentation. All right. So drop off your email. Um, other than that, man, I believe, you know, that's it for me, if I'm not mistaken. Cool stuff. As usual, family, check me out on YouTube at Mickey Builder is my page over there. And have a look at me doing my day job. I design clothes for the woman who makes her own rules. So check me out at www.MickeyDNovaCollection.BigCartel.com. You ready to jump in, Ambassador? Yeah, man, it's Aquarius, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, I just, you know, ladies first, I follow behind you as usual. <laughs> <laughs> All right, family, so I wanted to start out um, with an excerpt again this week from, um, I love this self-activation workbook. Um, so I, I wanted to share um, a piece um, from dealing uh, specifically with Uranus, and it goes a little something like this. Um, <clears throat> he was a genius, that is to say, a man who does superlatively and without obvious effort something that most people cannot do by the uttermost exertion of their abilities. And this is a quote from R. Davies. So just take one look at this planning, you will quickly realize there is something about it that is not like the others. The seventh planet from the sun, beyond the rings of Saturn, his orbit alone defies old preconceived laws of science. Spinning in space sideways with axial tilt of 98 degrees, Uranus is the definition of originality and rebellion. He takes about 84 years to cycle through the entire zodiac, visiting each sign for about seven years. Uranus is the planet of change, opportunity, freedom, and sudden awakenings. His purpose is to shake up sleeping stagnation and introduce something fresh to the world's worn-out structures. His brilliance governs the magic of electricity, technology, space exploration, and astrology. So that gives us a little bit of an idea of this archetype called Uranus. Um, and, and I love this idea that the reason I've been sharing is because I think um, these, these introductions for the planets are really good because they give you an understanding of the personality of these planets. So when we say, you know, it's it's an archetype, again, reminding us of this 
to have this understanding that these are archetypes or or different um, elements, um, and, and basically they're 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 reflections and and personalities. And so we all have different concoctions. We all got a little bit of Uranus going on. We all got a little Saturn going on. A little bit of Mars. A little bit of Moon. We we all have different quantities of these archetypes or personalities within us. And I think that's really important to keep bringing up because I can see how it gets really easy to sort of divorce ourselves from these archetypes when we can't really see, you know, how they relate to us personally. Um, and, and so I just I just wanted to, to, to bring that up again today. So we got some of the key words for Uranus, um, and, and Uranus obviously being the planet um, that, that governs uh, the sign that we're dealing with today, Aquarius. Aquarius, you know, the, the glyph or the symbol for Aquarius is the water bearer. So it's a it's a really interesting dynamic that goes on here with with Aquarius. I've noticed a lot of times people confuse Aquarius with a water sign because it That's is right. associated with water, but let's be clear, it is not a water sign. It is the bearer of water. So what it really kind of denotes also is this sort of sense of de- detachment and aloofness, right, because water is dealing directly with um, emotions. So the fact that it's carrying the water, there's an implication there that there's a bit of a barrier. There's this vessel that's holding the water. Um, and so there's a bit of, of a barrier there, There's, and, and I think that speaks to um, what can be perceived as, as a sense of aloofness or a detachment about um, Aquarius. But then that also points... That also points back to this confusion. Of, I think there's also a little bit of an expectation maybe for emotionalism, but that's the confusion of folks thinking that Aquarius is a water sign. It's not a water sign. It's an air sign, and it's a fixed um, air sign. Um, as far as medical astrology is concerned, uh, Aquarius is associated with um, the shins and the ankles. So we're getting further down the body. If you notice, as we went, as, as we progressed through the signs, we started at the top, and by next week when we get into Pisces, we'll be all the way down at the feet. So we're just progressing down the body, um, which is interesting because that makes me start to think about um, uh, the line of chakras or at least the main ones in the body. Um, so, again, uh, Aquarius is ruled by Uranus, um, but as I mentioned um I think I mentioned it in the piece earlier, its co-ruler is Saturn. So there's some association with Saturn there. Um, In the Hebrew or Kabbalistic tradition, the letter that is associated with Aquarius is Zadi, and it is associated with the intestines in this particular tradition. So we're dealing with the rebel who is simultaneously the humanitarian um and so clearly today we're going to be dealing with some divine paradox um we're going to be dealing with some some interesting um if not some extremes today so um noble tell us where you at today mr Ambassador Aquarian oh, A. Man, you cheating. Really? You gonna do not even eleven minutes? Go for it, buddy. 
then you're going to drop some catalytic game. That's bait. I ain't messing with you. I'm not messing with you on this Kabbalah thing. Because then I'm going to want to go into a whole other realm. Um, you know what? And I'm sorry. I, I, no, I thought about something. I was, I, I was doing a reading earlier this week for somebody. And so, you know, as I progress through this thing and, uh, in, in my understanding, as, as we've progressed through this wheel every week, I'm talking about how I sort of can see these characteristics popping up and being like a main theme for me. And so it's it's been this incredible teaching tool for me because I've had a week or two to deal with each of these constellations or personalities and the, the planets that are associated with them. And I, I just never cease to find myself um, – amazed by how this thing just keeps um, playing out in the way that it has. So naturally, um, as I was going through my week and, and, and seeing some Uranus stuff kind of pop up, um, just in regards to um, I, I've just been in a space of some, some change and, and my old ways of being, old ways of doing things um, are definitely getting shaken up and definitely in a in a great and beautiful way. Last week I talked a little bit about um, my experience with my daughter, which uh, uh, resulted in me, you know, saying to her that, that God is the things, it's not only the beautiful, pretty things, God oftentimes is also the things that scare us um, and potentially I would even dare to say God is even a little more present in those spaces, or at least from the human perspective, because we got to remember a big agreement that we made in coming down here to the planet was that we would be um, we would be subject in our humanity to the laws that govern down here. So for a lot of us, we we have to have like these traumatic experiences that wake us up. Um, and, and remind us or at least get us closer to remembering who we are, at the, our real, our true selves. So as I've been dealing with Uranus throughout this week, um, I was I had to go back and, and look at my own chart um, and, and noticing um, um, my Uranus shows up in the ninth house for me. And I, I always laugh because, you know, Noble, like, you know, my, my co-hosts who do the most. And I know that one of the things that I was sent here to do and just seeing it this week um, and looking at my chart again, I always have to go back and look at it. It's, it's like reading a book. I always say, especially a good book, a, a valuable book, we should read it more than once because what you'll find out is that your you you un, you go through life and you have the experiences after you consume the information and it has to show up in your physical world and so through that process we learn more we actually begin to know and 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 have an overstanding should i say of the concept or the experience now now we're tapping into the experience the knowing of an idea or a concept so then the second time you go back to read the book you understand it better the third time the fourth time and so on so i'm always going back and looking at my natal chart especially because i'm finding myself doing readings for folks and looking at other people's charts and i learn so much in doing that and then i'll go back to my own book or my own chart and be like 
like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, now I can. And I just see and understand things even better. So I'm, I'm, I'm blown away this week, y'all. Um, but, but my Uranus shows up in the ninth house, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna bring this back around to what I was saying before about, you know, finding myself laughing, like, you no, know, be like my, my co-host that do the most. And what I'm clear and and leaning into a comfort with, and and really understanding and just taking ownership of. I know that a big part of my job is and is going to be and has been to really shake up and challenge our higher consciousness or what we perceive that to actually be. So, yeah, it makes sense. Y'all going to hear me say some outlandish shit on here. Yeah, I do the most, but it comes from a space. It comes that I'm just doing my job, y'all. That's what I'm that's what I'm really trying to say. It that's that's a part of my journey. And it's been such a gift and such a mm, it's just an incredible thing to see this journey really unfold. And I'm finding that what I have found to be just to come naturally to me, like to see truth, to speak to it, that comes naturally to me. Um, but then now to see where and how other people can relate to it has has been really an incredible thing to me. So I, I wanted to speak to that in my own experience um, about that, that Aquarian principle. So I'm sorry to cut you off, Nova. No, it's all good. It's all good, man. I don't even know what to begin on this, man, because he's talking about self for me. You know, um, Aquarius, man, um, you know, it's unique because each zodiac sign um, has an age that is theirs for about 2,000 years on average. Um, And this is unique, man, very, very unique because we're in that age of Aquarius right now. And then... You understand what's called the procession of the equinox. The next 2,000 years is actually Capricorn. So the way that the procession works, it goes what we would call in a backwards motion, whereas normally your regular zodiac wheel is Aries, you know, Aries, Taurus, so forth, so forth, in the, in the opposite order. But the truth of the matter is, if you understood the rotation of why we do this in the sky, I got into like in a Cosmic Illusion webinar, like if you look in the sky right now, you know what I mean? You'd be like, oh, okay, well, we're in, we in Aries season. And then the constellation to the left of the sun is actually Taurus. So to a degree, it looks like we're going in this leftward rotation or the sun is going in this leftward rotation going the other way, whereas when you look at the sun in the morning, it's in the east, and then it's going to your right, then it's in the south, and then it's going to your right again, which is now in the west, and it's set. So it looks like the daily rotation is going from right. You see what I'm saying? It looks like it's going in the right direction. Mm-hmm. When all actuality, because the earth is spinning, we're actually the one that's spinning in the leftward rotation, thus the illusion is cast. But if you got to understand the procession of the equinox, this is just one of those things that says, listen, this ain't based off what you think just because Pisces come off their Aquarius. No, it got it goes the other way. You see what I'm saying? So anyway, um, you know, this age is about freedom. 
You know, this is about uh, rebellion. I always said that, shout out to Bob Marley, um, that the epitome of Aquarius is Bob Marley. Um, if Bob Marley would have ran for president, he would have won easy, easy, <laughs> easy, right? Um, and 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 also Aquarius is Q.E.P. Newton, mm-hmm. right? So this is interesting, you know what I mean? And 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 we're dealing with the revolution. We're dealing with change. Uranus is the energy that's a part of our own psychology that says, yo, I don't like to feel like I'm being oppressed. I don't like to feel like it's boring and I'm stuck. I'm locked in the box with regular routine things, especially with oppressive government things. You see what I'm saying? Um, So then this rebel comes, and that's that Bob Marley, rebel music type of thing, you see? (laughs) And so that's what I'm saying. The divinity of God always expresses itself through the cultural expression, always. Always, and music has always been the ideal thing for the cultural expression. To me, I love using the diagram inside of Freemasonry. Um, if you go to Google Images and you type in uh, Freemason stairs, or it's something in the fellow craft of second degree, it talks about these winding staircases that the aspirant of the mysteries, the Mason initiate, must learn. And he must learn, you know, the, the, the last set of steps of seven, these seven liberal arts and sciences. And it's grammar, the rhetoric, the arithmetic, the geometry, you know. And, and it's very interesting that the last thing that he must learn is astronomy, which is a identification of the energies, mm-hmm. right? Now, the step before that, the sixth step, is actually music. So if we were to reverse the process as God walking down, because remember, the Mason is seeking the G. You can say the G is for geometry or G is for God, because there's nothing but God in the world anyway. Mm. And so as God is descending down on the earth plane, per se, and coming down these steps, the first thing that he is to learn is music, or the sacred order of astronomy, in a sense, will be expressed through the musical spheres. That's why music is so inspirational and it, and, it, and it kind of to a degree liberates your spirit. So you will always see the truth being expressed through the musical component. And so when we have the Bob Marley, when we have Huey P. Newton, um, you know, even for real, for real, Birdman. It's funny because, you know, Birdman is an Aquarius born on February the 15th, but that's the same birthday as the infamous Galileo. Galileo is the one who, quote-unquote, in today's world, made the first observation of the moons of Jupiter. Hell of an astronomer, super dope, February 15th. Now, he studies stars for a living. But when you go look at Birdman, what do he got tattooed on his head? A big red star tattooed dead on his head. Is that a coincidence? No, it's not. See, even with Lupe Fiasco, who's an entertainer, rapper, more conscious, revolutionary, he's February the 17th. That's the same birthday as Huey P. Newton. Coincidence? It's not a coincidence. You see what I'm saying? And so there's something about this particular area of space that deals with humanity, because Aquarius is known as the humanitarian one, the one that's going to come and uplift 
the entire world. Facts. Nobody else was concerned about that. Rightfully so, because they were busy doing other intricate things that Aquarius needs to help facilitate the Aquarian principle of freedom and independence. The whole independence thing is really an Aquarian thing. And then you see it again, because when black folks were slaves, who was the one that had the balls to say, I had enough of this slave is about to, this, this shit about to be done when I come in? Abe Lincoln. He's the one that comes and says, I, I'm not, no, it's over. An Aquarian in the Aquarian age will come and say, yeah, I'm to end with that, right? And then again, you would, you would see it in the cultural expression because the same birthday as, as Abe Lincoln is Gucci Man and Rollo. Rollo's a young entertainer coming up who has the same birthday as those two. And then these two meet each other, Rollo and Gucci, and this is the first artist on Gucci Man's uh, new label, 1017 Eskimo. And they both got the same last name, too, Davis. Coincident or is spirit at work here? That's the question. You see what I'm saying? And you're always able to see the divine through signs. How else would an invisible God talk to you? If he ain't going to never materialize himself and say, hey, I'm God. You've been looking for me all this time. This me. And you wouldn't even believe it in the first place. You'd probably pass out if it came as a bean of light or something. You know, you so let's just be real. Yeah. How is he going to communicate with you? Well, the God force, he and she, is going to communicate with you through divine signs, inspiration, being able to understand that the coincidence is really the mathematical term when two things are really coinciding. So, you know, I'm born, I mean, I'm, you know, when a person says I'm an Aquarius, I'm Taurus, I'm Cancer, they're really saying, hey, on my birthday, the sun appears to be in front of this constellation. That's all you're saying. So it's called sun sign. So everybody knows that. Everybody and their mama know it. Whether they know astrology or not, that's one thing everybody is guilty of, is peeking at your horoscope and knowing your zodiac sign, irregardless to you being a thousand percent Christian and not rocking with this, you will know your sign. You will. Mm-hmm. You know it. And so you're recognizing the space of where the sun appears in front of at the time of your birth. So for me, um, you know, it's deep, man. I got Mercury is there. I got Mars is there. The moon is there. I'm four planets deep in the sun. Um, so it's, it's just a lot of energy that's very, 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 um, you know, very strong. And, you know, again, in this age, to me, this age, because this age, Aquarius is the inventor, Uranus is the inventor, think outside of the box. This is the this is Orbel and Wilbur Wright. You know, it's like, yo, I'm going to create an airplane. They're like, what the hell are you talking about, an airplane? Are you crazy? can't fly in the air. This is the same type of genius that deals with, um, I think his last name was Marconi, it was a guy who said, listen, we're going to convey information via sound waves, literally sound waves, meaning cell phone signal, things of that nature, communication over a wave. You can look this up. His friends, 302, that nigga, and said they called the people and put him in a crazy house because they couldn't stand on the idea of you communicating wirelessly. Facts. But see, that's what this age is. This age is crazy, because Uranus is a weirdo. It don't play by the rules. When you understand the physical body out in space, its poles are inverted on its sides. You understand what I'm saying? So this dude is weird, flat out. In fact, 
this is how you know if you know when you wherever this planet is in your chart. This is you got to be careful with this dude because he's unpredictable. So like Uranus in the fifth can denote some bright ass children, or there could be what you would call quote unquote mental retardation. You gotta know these things. You gotta really really know these things seriously because Uranus energy is pure genius. I'll never forget um, Jew say all the time it was a dude on his on on, on, on who he see when he when he doing his work. He wanted these dudes that cut all of his hair off but only left hair by his hair. <laughs> that is crazy. Like, what? Like, what Wait, did you say Jew did that? that? No, no, Jew oh. sees this guy who's done it. And he's like, no, but you ain't never believe this shit. There's a nigga out here on a route. He bald head and he only got hair about his hair. Like, nigga, that's yearning. So we're always looking at things in society and we understand the cosmic law that is corresponding with the mental law, their perception of what's taking place, and we call that a Uranus affliction. So I'm serious. Like, like when I got into this science, now I know, like, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I, if, I, if, if you're going to consciously create children, I'm telling you right now, when Mercury and the sun, and they're usually close together, if they are going to be close to Uranus and alignment with Uranus at the time of delivery, I, I listen, you better be going in on some womb science that deals with birthing a genius because I'm telling you, the other side of that energy ain't nothing nice. Seriously, I would really avoid him. I say it like this. Uranus is a key word for uranium. That's the stuff you make bombs with, okay? It's very explosive, and this is why this is the rebel. And I always say, in modern astrology, don't talk about it. Uranus is exalted in Aries as well. They don't. They won't tell you that. And I'm gonna tell you why. Is because if Uranus represents the revolution, the rebel, and Aries is the conquest and war, what do you think happens inside of a revolution? It's a, it's a fighting type of energy. So. This energy, when it was in Aries, where it's at right now, um, something happened drastically in the United States of America um, in the 30s, like 1934, when FDR got into office. Um, the gold standard, remember, we used to be used to have gold money. The gold standard was um, suspended, and then came the new money, the, the green money. And Uranus was in Aries when that happened. Now, you got to look at this. Because this energy came early. What comes after Aries in the natural progression? Taurus. Taurus is money, right? So when Uranus was late Aries, getting close to Taurus, its energy was exuded. And the structure of the United States government on how they handle that money, it changed from gold to green. You're a leprechaun. You didn't get with this leprechaun game, all right? So it takes, like, Nia, I mean, Nia said in the book, but what Nikki just said, it takes Uranus approximately 84 years to go around full circle, right? So if it takes 84 years, well, FDR changed the name of the game of the money in 1934, and we 2017, that's 83 years. So we're technically approaching the exact same area of space when Uranus was when the finances of the United States government changed. And now you got Trump. 
and this ain't no fear tactic. This this this, this is really about you understanding the art of the deal. For real, for real. Trump's first book bestseller. But when I say the art of the deal, I'm talking about the art of the cosmic deal, your agreement to participate in this reality, mm-hmm. to do the things that you want to do and how to do it masterfully, all right? And so this is just a sign of great change, the great, you know, the great liberator is here to free you. And I always say, like, damn, is it a coincidence? for me to be an Aquarius and, and, and stumble into this information somehow, because it ain't like my mama and them was like, yo, you an Aquarius, son. You should really study these kind of esoteric topics, astrology being one, like Nick just said. Study astrology. You'd probably be good at it because you got four planets here in, in astrology. You know what I mean? So do it. Like, that wasn't that wasn't my, you know, that wasn't the talk. That wasn't my reality. But I found my path. I found it, Right? So is it a coincidence that, you know, I would find it and then, to, shit, I'm the coldest that they ever done this thing. I'm, I'm, I'm ten times colder than Nostradamus. You know why? Because I'm giving it to you in real time. This ain't no folklore you reading about somebody in the 1600s. I'm telling you right now, you go to my Twitter page, which is Real Urban Guru, and you will see my latest post where I told them, hey, from April the 2nd to April the 4th, we can see a severe domestic act of violence. If it would have popped off in the United States, there's a certain energy that indicates it's about to be some shit that's going to pop off within these three days. You know what happened on April 4th, then on that day? That's when Syria went ahead and gassed them boys over there in England. Now we see now, now Trump flying tomahawks over there. But my point being, when you check my resume, I got over 50 predictions telling you the exact day you're going to see something. Snoop Dogg, Russell Simmons. I told them, Cass, the exact day when you're going to see a domestic act of violence. And on June 17th, that's when Dylan Roof went into Charleston, that church in Charleston, and he killed those folks. On the exact day I told Russell Simmons and Snoop, expect a severe domestic act of violence within these three days. And it happened exactly when I said because we we just figured it out. So my point is with this thing, listen, this is the, this is, this is, and shout out to Roger Trotman too. Because Aquarius, this is this computer technology, and this was computer love before there was computers. So this technology thing and, and what's going on in this age, I call this the age of entrepreneur. Because remember, Aquarius is the inventor. So when you're an inventor, the Wright Brothers flying airplanes, Henry Ford bringing out cars when people was walking, you know what I mean, then this means that we're in the age of creation. Hence, the the man is pouring out water onto the earth, and water has always been symbolic for what? Life, fertility. They, all science will tell you, well, this, water was once on that planet, then life was there. That's always been the base. So Aquarius is the one that's pumping life into the system, and we got to get with the program, you know what I mean? And, you know, it's just real, you know, it ain't it ain't hard, man. It ain't hard. You know, and I come off the gas with this since we're in this age of entrepreneurship. That that And that's where I'm going because there's another aspect of Aquarius. Even though if you don't have anything in Aquarius in your birth chart, that's fine. There's something in astrology called the 11th house when you look at your houses, when you look at your horoscope wheel. So, again, a house is just a different area of space. So if this is kind of new to you, let me explain it, what's really popping with a house. Because you can see it on paper, 
but I want you to understand where it's at in the sky. If you just go outside and you just drew a circle above your head and you marked all the directions, east, west, south, north, and so forth, you just simply line up the 12 zodiac signs on these particular directions, 360 degrees. Cool. Within these 360 degrees, I want you to divide it evenly amongst 12, 12 houses. You feel me? I always say in the external science, this is Jesus, the son of God, traveling with his 12 disciples who are the 12 zodiac signs. So one of these regions of space, okay, is what we will call the 11th house, all right? Technically, in the morning when the sun rises in the east, if you turn about 60 degrees to your right, okay, a little to your right, that's the 11th house, okay? This area of space is the Aquarian area of space. So if you have planets in the 11th house, it'll come off very Aquarian because this is the area to show you what kind of friends you should have, the nature of these type of friendships you will be involved in. So if you look at the constellation that's there, this is how you will know. So you may not have no planets there, but everybody has a constellation there because remember, all of the constellations outside in the sky are somewhere in space right now. Right now as we speak, they're always there, and they're rotating. Every two hours they switch position, switch, they, that's what they do. Every two hours they change, they rotate. This one moves over here, the next one it was right here to the right, now it's coming over here and it just keeps rotating. So the zodiac sign on your 11th house will tell you the nature of friends that you should be in. Facts. Shout out, I hope, um, Fat Boy, the boss, is listening. I tweeted him, Rick Ross. Um, on our Hip Hop Astrology channel, our website and YouTube channel, but on the website, I remember a couple years back, Jew looked into Rick Ross and told him specifically, like, yo, you're going to have some legal issues come the summer. And let's say, I forget what year that was, but when that summer came, that's when he got those charges for allegedly kidnapping and things of that nature. Dead in June, exactly when he said it would happen on. Facts. Facts. All right, all public and time stamp before the event happened. I told him the exact timeline when it was going to happen. This area of space, I'm telling you with the science is you can be able to tell what kind of friends you have. So for me in the age of entrepreneurship, I've been blessed to have Taurus right here, sign of money. And then I was born with Jupiter in this area of space. I was born in 77 with Jupiter. So Jupiter and Taurus, um, the whole year, people that was born from 76 to 77, you would have that. And then I was born with it in the area of space with friends. So the sign of money, friends. My friends got money. I, I'm not supposed to be around no broke-ass friends. I'm not supposed to have that. I don't have that. My friends, this is saying, my friends got businesses. He's like, real talk. Like, you know, seriously. So, but the biggest thing of this is, and I come off of it with this entrepreneur thing, because I've been an entrepreneur, man, damn near all my life. No, for real, just never know whether you was hustling or whether I was just watching that or whatever. Um, but the goal here is to, because we got to understand this fixed cross. This is vitally important, real, real vital. And what's the fixed cross? 
All right. Well, just like you got the four cardinal directions of east, west, south, and north, if Aquarius, we're in the Aquarian age, which is a fact, let's put Aquarius on the left side of the cross, the left arm. Put them right there. At the top of the cross, which is technically the top of the chart, your midhaven, that's Scorpio at the top of the cross. The right arm of the cross is Leo, and the bottom of the cross is Taurus. Okay, so technically these four signs are really um, the real four pillars that's holding up the Aquarian age. Aquarius just happens to be the initiator into this particular age, but it's really of the signs holding up this, you know, this four, this four D reality that we're in. All right, I want to talk about the Taurus principle real fast because they're connected. Because when you heard Nick and um, a fixed sign, all of these signs are fixed, all of them. They come in the middle of the season. Aquarius is in the middle of the winter. Taurus, stubborn like a bull, is in the middle of the spring. Leo is in the middle of the summer, super hot. Scorpio, right, I'm sorry, uh, uh, I mean, yes, yeah, Scorpio will come in the middle of the fall. So fixed simply means they're in the middle of the season, but there's a characteristic that they to mentally call it from focus. I, like, I suck at multitasking. I actually get frustrated. Don't bother me if I'm doing something because I, I, I just, I got laser focus. I need to focus. I got a lot of fixed energy. So fixed people, um, fixed signs, these are people who focus, okay, because they're in the middle of the season. So it's when the season is reaching its apex, right? So you focus. So this, this money thing, because Aquarius is connected to Taurus by the square, which denotes a challenge, and and I and I see that because it's kind of hard to a degree when you first take these entrepreneurial steps, Aquarius. The the thing you obviously worry about is turning a profit to a invest back into more product and b live off of it. That's a lot of product that you got to get, right? Because if you just profit in to pay the bills, you ain't never increasing inventory. So you ain't never going nowhere. You see what I'm saying? And so this is a sign. So this is a challenge. You got to marry these two and know what you're doing. And so I've been blessed to be on this particular entrepreneurial path for seven straight years. And um, when I told y'all at the top of the show, check out the prosperityinvestmentgroup.com. The goal is to show you, um, you know, to rub off some of this lucky energy, Jupiter in the 11th house, the Aquarian house, Taurus, the sign of money, um, you know, and how groups of people can get money. And that's why it's called the Prosperity Investment Group. Because collectively on the self-help tip, man, Nikki on the line, Nick, Nikki set a goal to get $10,000 using the power of her mind, um, utilizing the techniques in the imagination guru, right? And then she got the goal unexpectedly. Didn't know where it was coming from, but it came to her, $10,000. And it came from some the, somebody that I was least expecting it from. Like, right. when it showed up, I was like, okay, I knew it would show up because I know this shit works, but the fact that it came from the person that it did and my impression of our relationship at the time was shaky, that just, that made it even sweeter. That made it so much sweeter. Right, right, right. Super dope. And so we got $4 million on the record. I'm going to show you emails from all the things we didn't put together from gratitude classes, which is um, my most popular law of attraction course when I get into that zone 
um, you know, can literally show you, can show you the money. But I, was, but I get it. See, I was born with Jupiter in Taurus. That's a lot, a lot of money, $4 million in testimonials, in the 11th house utilizing technology and friends. At the time, I never physically, we never physically met Nikki physically, but via technology through radio shows and YouTubes, that Aquarian principle of Uranus and technology allow us to link. Okay. You feel me? And so then when I put groups together about getting this money, I'm activating a very key component within myself that is a mirror within my birth chart. Mm-hmm. That's the other way around, all right? And so in this prosperity investment group, like I said, this is like I'm, I'm coming off the gas on spirituality. I didn't did it for years. If people got a question you want to get at me, I got you. As far as me actively going out and teaching the platform, I am focused on the prosperity aspect, and I'm going to be specific, your money getting better and bigger. That's where it's at. Because we got the science on how to do it, obviously, but now we're about to get real practical with it. So, listen, man, join me at The Prosperity Investment Group. Drop your email off, and then immediately go in your email to make a confirmation because you, you this thing don't happen overnight. Like, real talk. I'm about to really – my next set of work for real for real is going to be about being a boss for seven years and how I've been an entrepreneur paying my bills for seven and living my lifestyle where I'm free mm-hmm. for seven, which is which is they they tell you anytime. As long as you got your time, you super rich. But I'm about to marry the component that I'm getting the paper and the time because I got the time. But I'm about to get some big, big paper with it as well. And so join me over here because we got some things for you to physically invest your money in. And um, I ain't going to give it up on this show. Um, but just drop your email off and get on that email list because there's going to be a free conference call that I'm going to give um, on April the 26th, all right? It's going to be introducing some things. And then on May the 7th, it's going to be a webinar where I am going to physically show you the opportunity, physically show you. But definitely drop your email email off ASAP because i got an investment opportunity that you can get in today that a few of us just got in yesterday when I announced it and we basically turned the money over real fast, real fast at 90 days and your initial principal is guaranteed, guaranteed, guaranteed in writing, guaranteed, all right? And so get with me, but you got to get on that email list to get that information, all right? So it's the Prosperity Investment Group. And that's what Aquarius is. It's liberation. It's freedom. And we can't have freedom, Nick, without having the money. You know, it's like it's this misconception type of thing. Well, you ain't never free because they got the money and they control the money. <laughs> so you ain't never free. You know what I mean? So, man, listen, cut it out, man. Stop it. You know what I mean? That's it for me, man. That's it for you. I had a few notes. Um, I had a few notes. Um, I wanted. I was glad that you spoke to uh, the fixed cross and and started to talk a little bit about the modalities. And so what, I wanted to speak to this because it's a question that I've gotten um, a couple different times. And it's kind of like, well, you know, if we're talking about astrology, 
you know, why do we care about, why does astrology care about the seasons? And and that kind of begins to speak a little bit to the importance of these modalities. So um, the cardinal signs being signs that start off the season, the fixed signs being the signs that are in the middle of the season, so they, you know, they don't straddle the fence. And then the, um, the the next set of signs um, 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 finishing off and, and passing on the season to uh, the cardinal signs. So that's talking about modalities, but it's talking about uh, it's talking about this this greater um, 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 topic being the seasons. And so I talked a little bit or started to speak to how the um, the the constellations. Are, are archetypes, their their personalities, um, and so it's very interesting because basically when you look at the seasons, what they are is that they are um, archetypes or personalities of the planet, right? So you got spring where everything is blossoming and everything is blooming and coming to life, right? And then summertime is typically associated, you know, you, we taking vacations, we having fun, the, the the day is plentiful, the sun is plentiful, right? And then uh, after that we got the fall, so this is when we're starting to gather and collect the harvest from, from, from the season. And then come wintertime, uh, you know, resources are limited during in the winter time, right? Animals go into hibernation, and it's it's funny because I I talk about how I'm always it's the really super mundane things that will cue me into what's going on here, and, and I know that what that speaks to is it's the same way that you know it was done in antiquity. It's the same way that our ancestors have always observed the laws. And it's through observing nature. It's through observing what's going on around us. And so I, I remember this um, little short cartoon that comes on the the Disney Channel um, during the winter time. And it's it, and you know cartoons and children's movies are really wonderful because they have you know these morals tied into the stories. And and I love that. And of course now that I have a toddler, I find myself watching a lot of mo- um, kids movies and cartoons. But basically. It's this really short cartoon that shows um, the difference between uh, the behaviors of of a, a, a colony of ants who are spending their time during the fall, you know, collecting and, and gathering their 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 resources um, for the pending winter that they know is, is getting ready to come about. And then you got the grasshopper who's, like, chilling and kicking it. He's just having fun and, you know, bathing in the sun, doing his thing. He's not concerned about what's getting ready to happen next. And I thought that was a really beautiful illustration of what happens within humanity, right? Some of us, when we lack that practicality and we lack that, um, you know, we talk about, you know, the importance of getting into our consciousness, the importance of getting into our enlightenment. We're simply falling into line with the planet. We're falling into line with the universe and understanding, you know, this swinging pendulum, um, the the ebb and flow, right? There are certain laws that govern the universe. And so what we're saying is that we're intentionally aligning ourselves with these laws, with these vibrations, because we've been, done had our butts kicked enough 
to finally understand that not being in line with these laws is exactly the 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 cause for the ass kicking, right? And so the grasshopper in this um in this cartoon, you know, he's kicking back. He's not worried about the winter that's coming. So winter finally comes around and you see him like trudging through the snow, cold and rickety. He ain't got no sustenance. He doesn't have any heat. You know, he's out there getting ready to die. And he so happens to walk by um, this tree where the ants were. And they're in there. They got their fire going, and they got tons of food, and they happy and singing around the table. And here he is because he didn't choose, right? Noble just talked about how what separates us, from I, I talk about that Adam and Eve consciousness constantly being at the mercy of the planets, right? Um, versus becoming the Christ that tells the twelve disciples to come and follow me, right? But, but manually gaining control of the wheel, this wheel being your life, being your natal chart. Once you understand it, now you can understand the the the, the gifts in there, you can understand the challenges in there. Um, and so here you have this grasshopper who chose to be at, just at the mercy. Whatever happens, that's, that's what's going to happen. I have no control over that. You know, God is picking on me today, that mentality. And then the ants come over and they open up the door for him and let him come in and, you know, they have this this mercy and compassion for him. But now he's learned the lesson, hopefully, right, and understands the importance of getting in line with these laws, right? And so I I think that's so interesting and important for us to really understand that when we talk about, you know, our, our natal charts, and we talk about getting into, you know, this higher consciousness. We're not saying that the world doesn't continue to spin the way that it normally does, but your ability to act, your ability to function within this paradigm, it can it can change drastically by your ability to choose and to make decisions. That's ultimately what we're talking about here. So I just wanted to speak to that in regard to the seasons and just sort of the how all of these things are just overlapping maps on top of each other, right? We talk about the natal chart, which is which is this fixed map. Your, your natal chart does not change. What does continue to spin and change is the wheel as it reflects you know, current day and time. Right now, we're in Air- we're in Aries. You know, the moon is in a-, a certain constellation. All of these planets are in different constellations. They're not in the same space as they were when you were born. So this wheel continues to spin. So when we talk about horoscopes, basically what we're talking about is overlaying the current wheel on top of your fixed wheel called your natal chart and figuring out how these things interact with and 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 how they impact each other. So when we start talking about you know, the, the, the constellations have their own personalities. The planet itself has its own personalities and its own laws, right? Noble just got done talking about how, you know, the as we pro- progress through the equi- uh, the, the procession through, through these constellations, it, it actually appears to be moving backwards. So some of these things have their own different laws. They have their own different personalities. And then within that, so do you. So so we're talking about this this great 
it, it sounds so complicated, but the very interesting divine paradox within that is that at the same time, it's actually not. Um, I wanted to also, to Noble was, you know, we've been talking about Aquarius, and we've been talking about, um, you know, its its rebellious nature. Uh, we mentioned last week in um, in the the Capricorn series how Capric- uh, Capricorn being associated with Saturn. Saturn is the last planet that we can actually see with our naked eye, right? <clears throat> so everything beyond this. Is these are the hidden planets, right? And so I think Noble started to speak to it, but but very briefly, if so, how this kind of begins to speak to how, you know, a lot some of this information is hidden, and it is hidden for a reason. Actually, I want to share something real quickly. I mentioned earlier um, in the Hebrew or um, Kabbalistic tradition, uh, Aquarius is associ- associated with the Hebrew letter uh, Zadi. So I, I read this earlier, and as I, as Noble was talking and we were just kind of going through the show, it finally hit me exactly what this was talking about. So this is, I'm going to read this paragraph that, that talks about, oh, I'm sorry, it's from the book, the Energy of Hebrew Letters. This book is by Rav Berg, who is the husband of Karen Berg, um, the author of the book God Wears Lipstick that I'm always talking about. And so basically this book, it, 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 it breaks down the archetypes of the Hebrew letters and the Hebrew letters in that tradition being considered to be the building blocks of our very world and universe. So each of these letters throughout the book, they want to be the 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 initiating, you know, utterance or or archetype that begins creation. So everybody's making their case. So here's the case um, of of Zadi coming before uh, coming before God. The letter Zadi then entered, stood before him and said, Master of the universe, may it please you to create the world with me, since the righteous are signed by my name, and you who are called righteous are also known are also written by my name, as it is written, for God is righteous, he loves righteousness, Psalms 11:7. Therefore, it would, be, it would be suitable to create the world with me. He replied, Zadi, you are truly righteous, but you should remain concealed and not be revealed too much, as it would be done if the world were created by you, so that humans will not have an excuse for their sins. And what is the reason for it remaining concealed? It is because it is used to be none, and the letter of the name, which is the Holy Covenant, came and mounted on the letter Nun, thereby creating the letter Zadi. The secret meaning of this matter is that when the Holy One, blessed be he, created Adam, who is the secret of Zaire Anpin, he created him with two faces, that is, a male and a female attached to the back. And it continues to go on a little more. And I'm, I'm just kind of, I was, you know, mental, mentally kind of sparring with, you know, what, what, what on earth is this thing talking about? And then it, it hit me. I, there's a very profound experience uh, that I had in my life specifically, well, it was a, it was kind of a third-party experience, but a loved one was dealing with an Aquarius. And this brother was the epitome of this very uh, rebellious-natured archetype or individual. Very smart, very, very sharp, very wise, 
but you know we we talk a lot about how you have to go through these different phases right when we got to um when we got to um, Jupiter and Sagittarius, you know, we talked about okay, now we in the ninth grade, or we, you know, we're we're in the university, we're in college at this point. Excuse me. Um, and before this, you know, we were just learning our basics. So just just sort of characterizing how you have to go through these l- different levels and phases to get to the higher consciousness or to get to you know the higher grades um, of of this this information and these understandings. And Noble and I had spoken to it before about how this information can drive you crazy. So this 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 experience that I'm talking about was the very epitome. I saw this happen firsthand, how this very information that we're talking about, because this brother was not mentally prepared, right, for the information. And so, you know, then the question comes up, well, how did he get to the information if he failed, you know, the ninth grade? How did he get to college, right? Well, there are ways that you can sort of um you can sort of detour around this stuff and and you can kind of cheat and present a fake a, a, a fake uh um high school diploma, if you will. And 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 that comes in the form of of drugs and and different other mind altering substances, if you will. And so because of that, um I literally saw and witnessed the the both physical deterioration of a person and and which was precipitated by a complete mental breakdown. And without going too far into the detail of Actually, I do want to go into the detail of how that shows up because that that brings me to the the other thing that I wanted to speak to was how does this this you know we can I hope that we're not speaking to this information abstractly and I want to be very clear about the fact that this is very real, very tangible energy that shows up in our lives. So I don't want to speak to it abstractly and I wanted to get a little bit into how does it actually show up in our lives? How does it actually show up also in our relationships? And I'll talk a little bit more about that, but, you know, we we talk about how you have to be prepared for this information. And so that's why I, I love speaking to this idea that it's very important for us to come to a space where we can learn to embrace uh, challenges, and in doing so, we come to an understanding that challenges are not designed to um, punish us or to defeat us. They're simply designed to grow us. But that comes from a very mature spiritual understanding and and a deep belief and reflection around and, and understanding about who we are in our relationship to God. And I try to be careful about speaking to this idea of, of God as if it's a thing that's outside of us, um, but I also understand mm, I, I speak I like to speak to it from both spaces from the from the idea that God exists all around us as well as within us. Um, and so when we have that understanding, that creates and nurtures our foundation it nurtures us in our in our mentally emotionally we have to be nurtured in those ways and so when we when we don't get that that training when we don't get that 
that the, the vessel can end up breaking, right? And I think I, I shared the story of the light in the vessel way earlier on in the show. But when we are not prepared for the information, when we are not prepared for the light, that vessel very much can and very much will burst. So it's something that we, we got to be really, really careful about. And so, you know, sometimes, and I think, in the early um, phases of consciousness, you know, there's this desire in many of us to rebel against the idea that, you know, information should be hidden. But later on as we mature, we begin to understand, or at least we should begin to understand why sometimes it's necessary for certain uh, pieces of information to be hidden because everybody can't get their hands on it. And that is just the straight truth. Elijah Muhammad spoke to it. He talked about this idea that you have to spoon feed the people, right? And so it's, you know, it, the same, it's the same concept when we're talking about, um, you know, secret societies. You know, the conscious community loves to go in on, this, on the secret societies. But it, it, those things actually come from an understanding that, um, you have to be prepared for the information. So, so I just wanted to share. Um, I, I wanted to share that from from the perspective of this sort of Hebrew conversation about the the, the personalities or the ar- archetypes of the letters. And coincidentally, it, it spoke directly to Aquarius. And so, Aquarius can be this very explosive, very powerful energy that um, it can be destructive as well. Um, and so that's how we can show up, you know, on the individual level in our personal lives. And then naturally, of course, too, it can also show up in the same way in our relationships. I want to read another excerpt, and I hope, hope I'm not going excerpt crazy on y'all today, but I want to read a, a page real quickly from um, Karen Berg's God, uh, God Wears Lipstick, and she's talking specifically about astrology. To understand someone's sign is to understand their nature. Kabbalah has been using astrology as a tool for 4,000 years. Um, in the Sefer Yetzirah, or the Book of Formation, written by Abraham the Patriarch, it is said that the planets of our solar system are devices that imprint an individual's spiritual nature on the soul. Your soul was responsible for determining the most propitious moment of birth. It chose the specific arrangement of planets that would influence its incarnation. How does this help with our our relationships? It's simple. If you know the planetary configurations influencing your partner's temperament, you will be less tempted to blame him. Does this mean that he's not responsible for his own behavior? Of course not. It just means that his personality style impasses the hand he was dealt. The good news is that with knowledge of his sign, you can work with his personality rather than work against it. Life flows more more easily when it's lived in harmony with astrological temperament. When the Rav and I first married, many aspects of his... of our relationship were challenging. However, they became easier to handle once I understood how his astrological sign influenced his character. My husband is a Leo, a sign that needs lots of attention and care. If you want something from a Leo, you compliment him and tell him how great he is. This may seem like flattery or manipulation, but it's not. Rather, it's a way of circumventing the negative and bringing out your partner's positive aspects. Now, I thought that was interesting for a couple reasons. First, because she gets into this this. Um, 
conversation about, you know, sort of distinguishing between uh, manipulation and working in harmony with people. And I think that's a that's a very important thing to speak to. You know, we talk we've talked about it throughout the show. A, a lot of times, these lines can be really, really fine. Um, and and you know, I, I think at the end of the day, it's about intention. Um, it's about um, it, it's a it, the question of whether or not agenda is at play um, will really make the distinction between uh, manipulation and working in harmony with folks. Like that's a that's that sort of brings up a conversation about you know diplomacy. Diplomacy is giving a person. Um, criticism and understanding the importance of of the compliment sandwich. You know, that's something that you learn on different jobs. I used to work um, in the schools and I worked with youth and and worked with um, adults who acted like youth. Um, And so um, that was a big tool in teaching, um, understanding the compliment sandwich. When you want to give a person criticism, a lot of times you have to give it to them. you got to give them a compliment first. You give them the criticism in the middle, which is kind of like the meat inside of the sandwich. And then you give them another compliment, the compliments being the bread, right? It's kind of like the peel and the applesauce trick. Um, We have to understand that there are ways, my mom always used to say it, it's not what you say, it's how you say it. And so there's this understanding that comes along with maturity, that comes along with spiritual maturity, where we begin to learn um, the the essence of, of, of archetypes and, and characters and how to deal within those things. You know, we I think we talked about it in Sagittarius or it was one of the other fire signs about how, you know, sometimes fire that 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 element wants to show up and be really aggressive a lot of times. But and that can be a negative attribute of fire, but fire has to mature and grow and and understand that um, it can be passionate, it can be um, it can be that great motivator and initiator, but it's not what you say, it's how you say it. So, so there's a maturity that comes in learning how to actually do that. Um, the other thing that I thought was I just wanted to read that because I thought it spoke to this idea about relationships. And and I've gotten a few questions from folks emailing me or texting me, you know, asking more about the relationship aspect of, you know, the zodiac signs. And, you know, my thing thing has been this, you know, I, I think we've spoken to, you know, love relationships a lot throughout the series, but I think, I think that, that, perspective there's there's tons of that like you can go and get you know tons of you know sinistry readings and all of this kind of stuff dealing specifically with love relationships but you know i i like to believe that we mature into an understanding that you know life is more than just about the love relationships relationships are the interactions that we have with other human beings in general. We have relationships with our children. We have relationships with our coworkers. We have relationships with strangers. So, you know, um, but but at the same time, I also understand um, the importance of speaking to it from the perspective of relationships because it is a big part of our lives. I'm just trying to speak to the fact that it's not the only part of our lives, nor should it be. 
Um, and and so everything has its place, right? Um, and so we we talked about love and beauty over there in um, in Virgo. We also talked about love over there in Leo. So everything has its place. Um, but I I wanted to speak to that because I was thinking about the Aquarian energy showing up in relationships. And so you know I've 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 been comparing doing some chart comparisons for folks and um, was doing a work, um, some work with a sister a few weeks ago. And she's a, she's a Virgo and her, her daughter's father is a Pisces and boy, do they go at it and bump heads. And so I think it's, it's very, a lot of times, of course, and it would, it would show up this way. Many of us, because we are ignorant and don't know our own selves, of course we don't know other people. Of course we don't know and understand our partners. And so as I as I was thinking about this Aquarian principle, one of the first things that popped up for me was, damn, how does an Aquarius show up in a relationship? And we already talked about it. There's this sense of detachment, a sense of aloofness and rebellious, a rebelliousness that is very inherent in Aquarius. Um, I was talking to another sister re- recently who was telling me that her father um, is an Aquarius, and she was like, you know, but my dad is 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 the epitome of Aquarius. He's that, you know, he's he's off doing his own thing, right? And so, if we can begin to understand these traits and qualities and how they actually show up in, in, in individuals and people, then we can learn sort of not to blame, you know, a, a lot of times we can perceive a person being detached. At, we can take that personally. And I find that that's a lot of times what's going on in our relationships. We we take our partner's ways of being, we take it personally, and we think, you know, well, if this person is detached, that means that they don't like being around me. That means that they don't love me. That that means that they don't want to be around me. But if we can begin to at least understand the the, the basic definitions and of these archetypes, we can be a little bit better informed when we're making decisions about our relationships. And so I, I thought what Karen Berg said in the book, in, you know, in understand that the astrology piece would help many of us tremendously in having more harmony in our relationships. Because if we can just understand kind of some of the basic characteristics basically how these archetypes show up, then we can learn kind of not to take these these things personally. Uh, My daughter is a cancer. I'm also a cancer. Um, And cancers, while we can be very um, clingy and, you know, want to be all over you, there's also this part of, of cancer that wants to withdraw into its shell. And something that I personally have had to sort of grapple with since I've become a parent is that, I still require my solitude. Like I and and I'm also an empath, so actually interacting and dealing with people takes a lot of energy out of me. So I need like at least one day a week 
where I don't have to talk to anybody, I don't have to look at anybody, I don't want to talk on the phone, like I just want to be completely and totally withdrawn. So it's a it's a very interesting um, sort of dynamic that pops up for me in my relationships because I've also noticed where partners might take that personally, you know what I'm saying? And it's like, no, I'm not mad at you, I'm not, it's nothing personal, I just want to be over here in my corner and read my book, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? So so how these archetypes show up in our relationships is going to have it's going to have an impact on our relationships, but to the extent that we can understand it, um, the better and more harmony I think we would be able to see in our relationships. So I'm gonna come come up off with that. I think I touched everything that I wanted to. Noble, you have any no man, no man, I'm good. <laughs> I, am, I am, I am good. Um, um, that was an excellent breakdown, man. Anybody got any questions? Man, now it's the time. Press one. If you have a question, we gladly answer that for you. And um, that was an excellent build, man. I don't even want to get it. You be saying stuff, but it be bait. I don't feel like <laughs> I be bait, man. I wasn't baiting you. Um, well, you know what? Before, uh, while we wait for a few questions, we'll speak to us about how Aquarius shows up in the relationship. Okay. Well, uh, wow, man. Depends who you ask. Um, <laughs> depends who you ask. From my experience, I would guess. Um, you know, you know, it's real interesting um, because I think the part of the Aquarian, the part of me, I just speak for me, and I, I don't want to give a, a quick generality of all Aquarians because, again. The nature of where Venus is for a man and the moon gives us direct insight into his what he's looking for in a woman, and that that may not be related to you know Aquarius whatsoever. Those two planets can be anywhere, um, and then vice versa for a, a woman, Mars and the Sun, and you know these masculine principles can be somewhere else, even Saturn, even. And so I, I don't want to speak in general terms in the sense. Um, but for me personally, from my experience, because I do have a lot of energy here. Um, you know, Aquarius is indecisive to a degree. That's that's one of the quote unquote what we would call the negative traits. One minute you in, next minute you out, type of thing. Uh, I guess that's why they're friends with Gemini. They both be in the air quality type of thing. And I think what happens is similar to that Gemini energy is because we can give the answer so fast it's because everything is an in intelligence to to the air sign Aquarius. It's not about feelings. It's about do it make sense? Is it is it logically what's going on in your brain? We don't we don't mask when we say emotions as air signs. We understand that that's really a mental component and not this blanket statement like, well, you know, I was just being emotional. That that means you were actually doing something stupid. <laughs> say say that. Don't blanket with emotional and and it's and it's okay. You know what I mean? You did something that just logically wasn't the best thing to do. But we don't say that. We term it with this term called emotion. Um, so I think we are able to say things uh, without really, because it comes so fast, without really giving it a second thought. And then once you ponder it and you think, then you say, oh, I don't think that's a bright idea. Let me flip-flop that and change that. And it's like, what well, damn, make up your mind. you indecisive. You just said this. Now you're saying that. It's because with that air quality, if you sharp with it like that, the initial thought comes off without too much of you thinking about it. You see what I'm saying? It's only through the conscious thought that you may want to retract that statement. So Aquarius has, has been indecisive. 
Um, I always said that Aquarius needs room in relationships because this is the sign that doesn't like to be smothered. Again, you can you can have some oxymoron stuff going, like me. I'm Cancer rising, so one minute I'm on I'm on my Nikki shit. Leave me alone. I'm in the mountains. I'm cool by myself. I like it like this. Don't talk to me. I'm unplugged. And then the next minute I want to cuddle all again. Let's you know touch me, love me, hug me, rub me. I'm into that. You know what I mean? Because I'm Cancer rising. You know what I mean? I'm always want to touch your booty. That's what I'm into. Like come here. Like you know. So it's it goes it goes back and forth. Um, and even an aspect of lying is, is really real. Now, why do I lie? And I said this before, right? Like, listen, man, men, and I'm going to speak for a general term in men in the sense that do this, who've done this as, as cheaters, right? A man don't want to, um, he wants his cake and he want to eat it too, right? Because it's his cake. So he thinks it's his, it's his cake and I'm not trying to jeopardize my cake. And if I, and, and, and weird as it may sound, right? If I wanted to leave you, I'd just leave your ass. Obviously, I don't want to do that. I want to just jump over the fence and do something else, too. And so, as I know, if I tell you this, I'm going to jeopardize this, so I won't tell you and I'll lie, right? So a part of uh, of that is um, it comes from a place where you don't want to hurt the other person. Now, I know that's selfish because you're supposed to allow people the right to choose, and I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not backing it up or supporting it. I'm just giving you, giving y'all some insight. Um, but when you're dealing with, to a degree, that humanitarian aspect, right? And if Aquarius is really sharp, they can see a bigger picture, because you know it's, it's the last air sign. It, it can really see the bigger picture. And so, therefore, not to ruffle any feathers or go against the groove of where we're going, then it's like, you know what, then I'm going to have to implement a tone of secrecy here or something that's really unorthodox, that's uncanny a little bit. So there's some inconsistencies that pop up because, on one sense, Aquarius is the great liberator. It deals with liberation and freedom and change. So how can you be covert when you, 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 you implement in those things? But, see, it's, there's a there's a oxymoron and paradox inside of everything because even inside of the rebel mindset, you can't go telling everybody you a rebel, right? Because it's like yo, you're gonna tip off the opponent that I'm here and I'm a rebel. You know what I mean? So there's an oxymoron inside of that. So Aquarius shows up in relationships sometimes as being um, inconsistent. Real talk. Um, you know, I, I can I can admit that very very inconsistent, very aloof very emotionally detached. Um, but the key is, this is the key, the key is friendship, right? So there was a time where uh, someone asked me about, um, what's, my, what's my relationship with Nikki Builder? What is it? Nikki is, is that's my divine friend. What do you mean by that? What, what, what the, explain divine friendship? It's when... Two people understand that they are on their conscious beings and they're trying to be aware to the best of their ability to be very conscientious, to have conscious experiences. When I say conscious experiences, you're trying to negate these anything that pops up in your reality that you don't want, the argument, the fight, the accident, whatever. It's just things that you don't want. 
And if you can sincerely and authentically, because we in the Aquarius age, build correct friendships, right, then you can actually, you know, you be straight. And not, I'm not talking about me and Nick's case particularly, but we had this concept when we talked about earlier in the show that dealt with building relationships from the crown down. In the chakra system, a lot of system gives the crown chakra Uranus. Um, bare minimum, the third eye, bare minimum, right? So it's a very high level of consciousness that's within Aquarius, very high level of intelligence that's there. So since this is a sign of friendship, then it should be imperative that we really sincerely and authentically know how to build divine friendships. Like Nick was talking about how love, in relationships, this ain't about the lovey-dovey relationships. You've got a relationship with everybody that you interact with. That's a relationship. But how do you, the one, you know, how do you have them be progressive, good, great relationships? In this age, it's an age about friendship. you got to have authentic friendships. And I always said that relationships, uh, in my opinion, they bypass the friendship stage and it goes straight into, I like you. Let me figure out your routine while we going on dates, and I know to call you at 430 because you're off work now. You know, I spend a night, you spend a night. I got a key, you got a key. And it don't make sense for us to have two different apartments or whatever. Let's, let's move in together. And you never really built a friendship. It was, it was more based off of the intense attraction. That's why around 90 days, one of the first minor cycles, it pops up as an issue, a little, you know, you get to see stuff for what it really is. The, the euphoria uh, wears off, and the 90-day marker is a nice testing point called the square, which is a whole other conversation. But in 90 days, that's a testing point. And then these relationships go through these cycles, especially the infamous one that you it's, – it's even a Wikipedia page about the seven-year itch, straight up. Mm. The seven-year itch deals with a Saturn position, but it also deals with Uranus too because as um, – Nick pointed out Uranus takes seven years to go through a zodiac sign, so he just made one full shift, and then Saturn is making a hard position in the seven-year increments and whatnot, and, um, which is a co-ruler of Aquarius and ancient astrology, Saturn. So it becomes imperative for us to understand time because astrology really deals with time. What, what time are we going to feel this energy? What's the arrival date? That's, that's what I love about the science. It can give a precise timeline that will reflect the decisions that you make right now and what the future is going to be based off those decisions. So it's pretty dope. And so, but to answer your question, it should be, Aquarius should be R. Kelly. And I'm not urinating on people. Um, it's, it's the part that, because Aquarius is weird like that too, though. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> if you into that, you into that. I mean, that's your business. And you may like the golden shower thing, you know what I mean? But um, but what I mean by R. Kelly is homie lover friend. Very important to understand that concept. Very, very, very important to understand that. Um, is how Aquarius should show up in building the friendship dynamic and whatnot. Um, Aquarius shows up very intellectual, as with Gemini. Uh, Libra is more because it's a sign of it's an air sign, but it's more relationship. They got more. They're more the clingy air, where Gemini and Aquarius is more the intellectual air. And um, so books, information, you know, you can, you can, you know, you can make love to Aquarius on books, the library, books on the bed, put a telescope in that damn thing, you really going to pop it. 
<laughs> you know what I mean? So, so it's an intellectual quest. So it's the great, what we would call mind fuck. Some people are into great stimulating conversation. Um, mental orgasms, in a sense, is how Aquarius would show up in your life. So it should just be, you know, one of great friendship and allow some room. And here's the thing, and I'll come off of it with this. Since Aquarius is unorthodox, because Uranus don't like to play by orthodox rules, then you may have a, uh, and since we're in the Aquarian age too, right, it's it's kind of like the order of the day that your significant other lives over here upstairs and you live downstairs or you live on the west wing and you live on the east wing of the house. It's Fred and Wilma Flintstone who got separate beds in the same room. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's something that's uniquely different. So if you can call it a long-distance relationship or something that's just different. Don't stress on that within this particular age because this age says, hey, we're, we're in that time of doing something different. And I do have a note here. My last note would be um, Aquarius as because as, it deals with humanity. I'm going to tell you something. He, this is the age that has pushed um, homosexuality to the forefront. Aquarius has done that, all right? Although it's, you know, I don't want to pick on Gemini, but that's really a strong Gemini trait. However, this age is the age in which it allows for it to be okay to have same-sex marriage. And I'm going to tell you um, straight up, man, I'm going to tell you why I like it. Because I like anything that challenges the status quo. To me, when I play chess against this 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 machine that you want to call the man, right, um, anything that cripples that ideology of old Saturn rulership, authoritative dictator, anything that chips away, whether it be the moral or the moral compass of that government, anything that starts to chip away at it is a good win-win situation for me. And when I saw that the same-sex LGBT community got their ruling on June 26 of 2015, there was a rainbow that physically appeared over the White House on that day that they got the ruling. And I said, that's nothing to play with. And, and Jew hit it so so nicely. He was like, everybody on earth live in what's called the visible spectrum of light. This is how you see everything in your reality. You, Roy G. Biff, as we would call it. And you see these primary colors. They're flying the flag that represents visibility of how we see everything and process it. Shit, even memories and you go down memory lane and you daydream it, is a light image that you captured and stored. So do you, you're still processing light. So they encompass, they encompass literally the spectrum of our reality that we live in via the light code. Now, for them to get a victory, the light code external physical correspondence called a rainbow appeared. Real science. So, July the 10th, which was just about two weeks afterwards, that's the time that Charleston, South Carolina, had a ruling where they had to lower the Confederate flag. Now, see, this is relative to me because the Confederate flag, the Confederates got that ass whooped from the Aquarian Abe Lincoln. 
You gotta, it, it all makes sense. You're an Aquarian age. Gotta make all right, sense, Union man. soldier. All right? <laughs> no, no, this, this is real talk. So how is it that, and I'll never forget, Andy Marlette, who's a, a political cartoonist, he had Uncle Sam lowering the Confederate flag, and then on the other side of the picture, Uncle Sam was raising up the LGBT flag, LGBT um, flag, right? And so I said, wow, that's dope. Why would God allow us to see that in this particular time? That's my. That's always my question. Uh, one political aspect, Confederate flag, slaveholders is coming down, and the Aquarian age says, I'm going to put a rainbow flag up now. So to me in chess, not to belittle that community, these are pawns in the game who had the courage. When I mean by pawns, I mean they had the courage to be on the front line and go up against the machine called, I'm taking you to this I'm win, and they won. So it starts to say anything goes. Because you're in that age of anything goes. So when anything goes, there's what? No rules. When there's no rules, the only rules that exist are your rules. That's the only thing that exists in the Aquarian age is what you want to do. So we're in that age with Aquarian that says, "Hey, you know, I don't, I don't have to get certification. Like I can put it up on the internet. Bam, here it is. And as long as I can prove it, you know, it's a stand-up product. I can stand by it. Whatever it is, you know what I mean. You win like Flynn. You win the game. So the orthodox ways of doing things is a wrap. It's done. So our relationships, to come back to that question, our relationships to a degree." need friendship, they need air, which is space, and these intellectual components inside of it as well. And don't be afraid if it's um, unorthodox. Don't be afraid of it. You know, that's how it's... So, that's my spiel, man. Anybody got a question? Press one. Now's the time. If not, man, my kid's been stalking me. The Smurfs came out last night. He's trying to get to see the Smurfs in 3D. Uh-oh. And, you know, the little blue people with the hats. <clears throat> I'm sure y'all conspiracy theories going to tell me something about the Smurfs. I don't know what. <laughs> I'm quite sure you can figure something out <laughs> about the Smurfs. <laughs> Sucking my energy. The Smurfs going to suck my energy to the movie screen or something. <laughs> but, um... Don't yeah, tell us, man. Have no questions today, huh? No, nah, man. I guess it was a good deal. No questions, man. But again, man, go to the websites, man. Go to the, the imagination guru dot com, man. Like I said at the top of the show, man. You want to go to the events tab. You want to hit the um, webinar. Minister Drew got the Positron Pass experience, man. Enrollment starts or now. Now enrollment is now, but the official day one class orientation is April the 30th. So you must be enrolled by April the 30th. It's 21 days of uh, revising past um, mental hangups, as I talked about on the top of the show, man. And again, he does a phenomenal job of bringing uh, neuroscience, brain science to satisfy the less logical, egotistical mind and say, "What are you doing? I don't know. You, you can't think yourself past this. This don't make sense." So he's going to actually show you the science, the proof, so you can get the factual data. And then you're going to balance the hemisphere of your brain, the right brain, by utilizing these techniques that's going to help you grow and resolve the issue. All right? So this is what we call uh, Dianetics on steroids. Dianetics has this approach where it's called an audit 
And if you ever watched it, you can watch it on YouTube. But the name of the game is keep telling me about this this mental hang up until you laugh about it. And so, you know, you know, keep on telling me about it. Tell me something else. And something then you start to remember, like, well I left out and then I had road rage. Well tell me something. Well I left out and I grabbed my coffee and then I was going down the street and then the dude cut me off and I had road rage. Well tell me something else about it. Say it again. Well I got a cup of coffee and then come to think about it, my favorite song came on right when he cut me off and I laugh and you would laugh about it. And then the goal is once you laugh about it, basically you're starting to uh, associate basically the painful experience with something that was happy. And it's a rigorous process, but, hey, it works for them. It works. What we have is like, you know, not to belittle anybody else, I'm just going to say we call it Dianetics on steroids, and, and, and it's just the results are just super-duper phenomenal. So go over to theimaginationguru.com and to the events tab. You do not want to miss this 21-day challenge, man. It's, it is dope, all right? So check that out, man. Uh, again, the Toel Love Fund, that's where we pay people's bills, the members, all pitch in a, a, a minute 13 bucks a month. And then at the end of the month, we just add up the pot and we chop it, divide it by four. And then the next, you know, month we go to the next four people that's in line. We keep it moving. And each member is paying the bill. We usually, majority of the time, just send it straight to your PayPal. And you're at the discretion to do what you want. Some people just be like, well, here go the, you know, the gas people. Call these people. Here's my account number. Pay the bill for me because they don't, they don't necessarily be Internet savvy like that. And we do it that way as well. So that's at myastrologycoach.com membership tab. You see it, Toel Love Fund. And um, make sure we got your emails because it's going to be a free uh, webinar coming up next week with the Positron Pass as well, a preview. So make sure you definitely drop your email address over on The Imagination Guru and then drop your email address over at um, theprosperityinvestmentgroup.com, theprosperityinvestmentgroup.com, because I will share. Once you bring your email over there, I'll confirm your email. Go back into your email and confirm because uh, it shows me if you're not confirmed, so you have to confirm your email, all right? That way we bypass your spam filter, you get the communication directly to you. But when you sign up on a prosperity investment group, I will share an amazing opportunity that is available uh, for you, but you have to go through that process of dropping off your email. And just mark your calendars, man. Um, April the 26th will be a free call on the prosperity investment group, and May 7th is going to be a webinar um, as well that's going to um, really show you some great opportunities because Aquarius is about liberation. It's about freedom. But how you going to have that when you don't have no money? Tell me. You'd be free what? Like all that, you know, it, it's nothing wrong with it. I don't knock it. You know what I mean? If you want to go self-sufficient, go self-sufficient. That's fine. But even when you go self-sufficient, my point is you still got to pay somebody for your solar panels. You're going to use the Internet? Okay, you're going to pay somebody for that. You're going to dig a well? You're going to, you're going to need some tools. So my point is you're going to have to have a relationship with Home Depot or somebody that got something that you need. And so I'm not with the – and I'm just not with it, man. I'm, I'm with the prosperity and the success. This is the land of milk and honey, and that's what my focus is. And, and, and I feel like I don't want to apologize to you all. Because um, there was a certain tone that I had with this, with this whole, you know, this whole series, and then there was a shift that occurred, 
is because, you know, I'm I'm focusing on the next project, and the next project is really, really, really super-duper big, and it's this Prosperity Investment Group because we got to get our weight up, man. We got we really, really got to get our weight up. And oftentimes I know we can talk about it next week um, in, in the finale because when we're dealing with Pisces, which is spirituality, there's a key word there that is called escapism. So when we get spiritual, Nick, it's like we have to always say it. We gotta divorce ourselves from spirituality. We gotta, we, I mean, we gotta. When we get spiritual, we gotta divorce ourselves from the physical reality. Mm-hmm. We gotta escape. So money is evil. It don't money grown trees. It ain't everything. The Rothschilds and the Bilderbergers control it all, and and that ain't gonna do nothing because they control it. So you know, it, it gets all into this self defeat talk. Which is, you know, is 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 almost, and to steal a phrase from Huey P. Newton, is 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 revolutionary suicide. Mm-hmm. Is what it is. You want to be a freedom fighter and uplift the people, but you don't want to employ the means to call goods or something that you're gonna need called money, currency, some form of of exchange to sustain your lifestyle. These new children and these, like, nobody should, you know, you're going to tell the next generation, we'll be going to the log cabin days or something. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, we'll, we'll be going to the plantation and cornfields and shit and off the grid type shit. You know what I mean? Like, you don't live in that reality. Keep it real. Like, you can build that, and I'm not knocking those that's, that's with that. Sustainable living is a beautiful thing. Green energy is a beautiful thing, but y'all know what I'm getting at. There has to be an aspect where you can be super smart, conscious, and you can have plenty of financial um, freedom that goes along with that, too. So enough of that bullcrap, man. I'm breaking that. So that's where my focus is at, man. So uh, the Prosperity Investment Group, we'll talk. That's where it is. And uh, that's it for me. Yep. Jay-Z said it best. I can't help the poor if I'm one of them. So I got rich and gave back to me. That's the win-win. So y'all that right. poor, righteous teacher consciousness, no, sir. I'm cool. But, um, yeah, family, um, um, email Noble and I. We love the feedback. We love the questions. Um, Email us at thezodiaclovers at gmail.com. As for me, y'all can reach me at Nikki Builder over there on YouTube, as well as y'all can catch me doing my day job, www.nikkidnovacollection.bitcartel.com. Um, Y'all have a wonderful week, and we'll see y'all next week for Pisces. Yes, yes, peace. Peace.